Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to the third part of our year-end series, Everything Can Change. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. I'm sharing a passage. Uh, It's a little bit longer, but that's all right. I feel like uh, I haven't shared a passage of scripture that like we've just been able to cheer about. Um, but I'm giving you permission as I read this. If something speaks to you, you can shout, you can cheer, you can clap your hands. If you're saved, if you're redeemed, come on, somebody. Um, and if you're like, when I read it, you're like, why are these guys cheering? Um, I hope by the end of today, uh, you'll be cheering as well. So uh, Paul, in the book of Romans, he's talked all about what a life uh, with Jesus looks like, all that he's done for us, the cross, salvation. Uh, then he says this. In verse 31, he says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, somebody. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, how will he not also? So listen, the story doesn't end with Jesus. He's actually just the beginning. So he says, if God has given us Jesus, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? No, no one's that excited. That's okay. I'm excited about it, man. I'm excited. Who then will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Verse 37, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Come on, somebody. I want to I speak today uh, on the subject of from survival to significance. From survival to significance. You guys can take a seat, and why don't you say hello to someone as you find your seat this morning. Can we clap our hands for the worship team one more time as well as they make their way off the stage? So good, 9 a.m. Man, it's, it's, it's early. It's getting a little bit colder, so let's, uh, let's bring the heat this morning uh, as we get going. We're in uh, part three of a series, and we are just believing that in the name of Jesus, everything can change. Come on, somebody. Week three of our series, Everything Can Change. This is our year-end series, and this is a tradition that we have here at church where every single year we finish in faith. We finish with a faith series, and ultimately next week we are going to finish with a faith offering December 17th. Um, I just want to encourage you, uh, next week is one of, uh, I think, our favorite moments as a church where we come together and we give. And one of the things that we do is um, our church primarily, people give online, which is cool, and you can keep doing that. Uh, But we really encourage for for one day um, to bring a physical offering. Because we have a moment at the end where we give together, um, and it's just beautiful. So that's all happening next week. And I know for a lot of us, when I said offering, some of us were like, whoa. Like, you're talking about money? Uh, 
because like it's December and like I got Christmas gifts and I got to buy turkeys and, and some of us, anyone just feel stretched thin right now? Like I, don't, like I don't know if I have anything left to give. And so one of the reasons we do this offering now as opposed to like June, it's intentional because we know where our hearts tend to go this month at the end of the year. And ultimately, no matter what we talk about when it comes to the reason for the season, Oftentimes, it's really easy for us to turn inwards in this time. So intentionally, we do this series in December so we can move out of that mode. Because for a lot of us, when it comes to December, if we could describe it in one word, it's just survival. Right? So I was like, I just, I just got to make it through. I just got to get my family out of here. I just got to pay the last bills, whatever it may be. If I could classify December, for a lot of us, it feels like it's just surviving. You guys ever been there? And the truth is this, in life, if it's not December, all of us have probably gone through seasons where we feel like, man, my goal is simply just to survive. I just want to make it through this season alive. Um, For us, uh, this season was probably magnified in 2019. Uh, Christy and I, uh, November 2019, we gave, she gave birth, I was just there, um, <clears throat> she gave birth to our twin girls. And uh, it was an amazing time, uh, but it was a crazy time. Because twins are amazing, but twins are crazy. And uh, we always joke that the first three months of our twins' lives, uh, Christy and I just lived in shifts. We were doing shift work, and so we never really saw each other. Because how it would work is I would take the evening shift, which was like, eight, nine, or 10, or whatever, till basically as long as I could possibly hold off the girls until they needed their mother. Um, then she would take the night shift, and the night shift, that's the brutal shift, come on, somebody. Uh, and then my mom would come early in the morning, she'd take the, the morning shift, uh, and then Christy would take the day shift, and then it was back to me for the night shift. And that was kind of the flow for the first three months, and I'm not gonna lie, it was a little crazy. And if you guys know this, um, when you're new at anything, you're usually a little bit dumb. That's just the facts. Right? Like when you're, when you're doing something for the first time, you're kind of just dumb. And so with the twins, we did some dumb things that made it harder than it had to be. Because you guys probably know this, but like when you're a new parent, you're scared of life. And so I look back and I laugh sometimes. Um, we used to sanitize their bottles like in the microwave in this big sanitizing thing every single time their lips were on it. I look at Judah now sometimes, and this kid's drinking bottles from three days ago. I'm like, where'd you find that thing? I'm like, ah, he'll be all right. But like, when, when you guys, you guys been there? When you're new, it's, it's and, and so I kind of did some dumb things. And, and, and here's what's interesting. In 2019, when we had twins, um, our church was also brand new as well. We were about a year old, and so much like twins um, in the church, uh, I kind of did some dumb things. And I believe some dumb things. One, one of the stupidest things I've ever believed, and sometimes I still believe this lie, but I used to believe God needed me. Really dumb. I, I used to think, and so, uh, not a word of a lie, the girls were born um, on Monday, and then the next Monday, uh, I was back working and preaching and prepping, and I preached the next week. Um, and so it was just, just kind of dumb. And it made the season <laughs> a little bit harder than it had to be. But I look back at that season, and come on, somebody, we're alive. 
we're still here. But if I were to classify that season in one word, it would be survival. Like we're just trying to survive. We're just trying to make it. And what's interesting is that our, our, our lives with kids, again, they, they intersect with the church because when our kids were just born, our church was also just born. And so much in the same way with, with, our, with our kids, it felt like we were just surviving. I think back to the early days of our church, and to be honest, I kind of had the same mindset that I had with our kids, which was like, man, I just want us to survive. Like, I hope we just survive. And if you don't know the story of our base, of, of, our, of our story, we, of our church, we started, if you don't know the story of our story, uh, if you don't know the story of our church, we started in 2018, um, and the church ultimately started in our basement, right, with a handful of people, and look at us now. Come on, somebody. But what happened, yeah, thank you. <laughs> what happens, though, is that when you're new, and as I said, when you're dumb, you begin to just sort of live with this survival mindset. And for the first number of years when it came to our church, it was just like survive. Like you guys need to understand like everything that we did, I was getting the church a discount. Like our rent, I was making sure we got a discount. Like the coffee that we served, I made sure we got our church a discount. Chase was really uncomfortable. One time I took him to buy sweaters and I got us a discount because that's just, that's how we roll. Um, That's the Indian inside of me. He's like, he didn't know what was going on. But what I want to talk about today is that I don't believe as followers of Jesus, we are actually called to live in survival mode. In fact, I don't actually think survival mode is a season in life as much as it is for many of us, a mindset that we get stuck in. And for a lot of us, what happens is this. We have crazy seasons, but what happens is that the season ends, but the mindset doesn't leave us. And for a lot of us, We may not be in a quote-unquote survival mode season, yet we still live with that same mindset. We're day in and day out, I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get to the end of the week. I'm just trying to get to the end of the month. I'm just trying to get to the end of the year. And I just happen to believe that life gets crazy. There are hard seasons, there are difficult seasons, but no matter what we are going to, as followers of Jesus, we are never called simply to survive. And I just happen to believe the Lord has given us a word today as a people, but God has also given us a word for our church, that it is time for us to move out of survival mode. And I just happen to believe God has taken us from survival to significance. And so today... I want that word to be a word for all of us, and what I want to do today is I want to show us kind of the issue with survival mode, and ultimately, I want to talk about where God wants to take us. Um, Can I do that today? So Romans chapter 8 is what I want to study, and this is a gospel book. If, If you want to understand Christianity, read Romans. It's a little confusing, can be hard at times. But man, if you want to understand the grace and the goodness of Jesus, read the book of Romans. Um, And so Paul here, he gives us in in a couple of verses just a little bit of the good news of Jesus. And I'm going to connect this to, to survival mode. But this is what he says, Romans chapter 8, verse 30. He says, those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So... Lean in for a second. 
Here's the biggest issue with survival mode. When we get stuck in simply trying to survive, we never see the big picture. What I want to do for a second is I want to show us the big picture of what it means to be in Jesus. Four words, predestined, called, justified, glorified. Here's what predestined mean. I want to speak to someone today. Predestined means this. It means before the foundations of the earth were ever put into formation, God had determined those who would be in him. So God has been thinking about you for a long, long time. Isn't that kind of cool? God is not actually surprised you're here today. God's not, wow, fancy seeing you here today. No, you are predestined as followers of Jesus. He knew. Isn't that cool? But he didn't just know that he wanted to save you. Because salvation is just, that's, that's, that's kind of bare minimum. He also calls us. And so for those of us in this room, we're called. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're called. What does called mean? It means God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. God has given you something. God predestined. And he's seen you for a long time. Before, I, before you in your mother's womb, God knew you. And he called you. You're predestined, you're called. And some of you guys are like, well, well Harrison, I, I just I feel really bad. Like, I'm not a good person. What do you mean he called me? Well, good news, he also justified you. You want to know what justified means? It means made right. It's, it's actually, it's a legal term. To be justified is literally to say, like, the charges brought against you, they're dropped. You're good. Justified. And then he glorifies. I'm a new creation. I'm not who I was. I'm, I'm not who I used to be. I'm not who those voices in my head tell me I am. I'm predestined. I'm called. I'm justified. I'm glorified. Come on, somebody. And what happens when we get we can wake it up. When I get stuck in survival mode, I miss all of these things. So Paul says, what shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who could ever possibly be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? What's this saying? God's for you. Listen, if you want to know, like, what is, what is this God like? like? If there's a God in the universe, what is he like? Let me tell you, he's for you. He's for you. He's for you. How do I know this? Jesus. Jesus is the proof. God did not spare his own son. He sent Jesus to do the saving work. Why? Because he values you. Because you are worth it. Because God is for you. Now, here's the thing. This is what Paul is saying here. He's saying, man, if God did that, what else does he want to do in your life? So here's the lie of survival mode. Survival mode says, I just need to make it through. I just need to make it one more day. And ultimately this, survival mode makes us think small. Survival mode makes us think small. Here's the big picture. Your name is registered in heaven if you are in Christ Jesus. This should propel me to faith. Now, this doesn't mean that my life doesn't have problems. Come on, somebody. This doesn't mean there isn't conflict in my life. This doesn't mean sometimes I won't lose a job. But what it means is that there's a bigger picture. There is something that is larger. There is a God who is for me. 
If you guys remember week one, we talked about the power of patterns. Anyone here for week one? The power of patterns. And I was speaking primarily in the positive sense, but I want us to understand this as well. Negative patterns are just as powerful. And so some of us have been stuck in a negative pattern of small thinking, stuck in a negative pattern of survival mode. And so what happens when I'm stuck in this mode, the season can change, but my mindset remains the same because I've been thinking like this for so long. Some of us have been thinking the same way for 10 years, for 20 years, for 30 years. And what happens is this, we get stuck in what I call a poverty mindset. In a poverty mindset or having an orphan spirit, one and the same, it always leads me to believe that I don't have enough, that I am not enough, that things aren't going to work out for me. And so what happens is I just think small. Now, some of us are like, well, if I shouldn't think, if, if survival mode just means think small, is the solution simply just to think big, right? So I don't want to think small. Is the solution just think big, dream bigger, have bigger faith? I, I used to think yes. And I preached a sermon two years ago. Some of you guys might remember. Most of you guys probably not. But I preached a sermon a number of years ago called Think Big. And uh, I did it around the time that we were moving into this building. And what I encouraged us to do, I said, um, I, I use Romans, but I said different part of Romans, but compared to the mercy of God, like what, what can't he do? And so I encouraged us as believers, we need to start to think a little bit bigger. We need to believe a little bit bigger. We need to step out in faith. And, and all that is true, but I missed a step. I missed one step. Because like, I, I do believe that for faith to grow, you have to exercise it. You have to step out in it. But I missed a step, and, and I think it's a crucial step, and I think it's one of the reasons that so many of us get stuck in a poverty, small-thinking mindset. And the step is simply this. I didn't realize the power of the lies that we believe. You see, in our lives, in my life specific, I quit my job, Stepped out in faith. We started a church. Church didn't die. Come on, somebody. <laughs> we were able to get into this building three or four years into our church. Come on, somebody. We built this thing. Cash, money. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but the weirdest thing was this. No matter what was happening, because I was, I was stepping out in faith, but it didn't seem like my faith was increasing. Why? Because I didn't realize the power of lies. And what I did not realize is that I had come into agreement with a lie. And what happens is this. And, and I mentioned Seinfeld a few weeks ago. Any fans this morning as well? Come on. Um, George Costanza, if you guys watch the show, um, he has this powerful uh, and really prophetic line. He's trying to teach someone how to lie. And he says this, he says, it's not a lie if you believe it. He says, it's not a lie if you believe it. Now, now George didn't realize this, but he was actually speaking very postmodern. Um, and what he was really talking about was your truth. 
And if you guys have been a part of our church, you'll hear me oftentimes I'll talk about the fallacy of your truth, meaning truth being what it is cannot be yours. Don't get me started. Anyways, what I failed to mention, though, is that there is power in having a truth that you believe. Even if it is not true, the power is that you think it's true. And so it literally becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. Now, I'm so thankful um, that I joined a small group of other pastors around this nation, I'll talk more in a moment, um, that helped me to identify this lie in my life. And how many guys know that sometimes like the greatest breakthroughs you're gonna have is in in community? It's not in your closet, it's in community. Because I can have other people help bring things out. And I did not realize until I was in this community that I had come into agreement with a lie and I had no idea that I had. But the lie that I had come into agreement with was simply this. God isn't going to come through. That was the lie. So no matter what happened, No matter how many times he did come through, over and over and over again, my confirmation bias was kicking in. Because confirmation bias essentially says what I believe to be true will will come to pass. So I believe deep down inside, no matter what happened, God wasn't going to come through, even when he came through. So I could exercise faith until I was blue in the face, but I was believing a lie. And I wonder today, for those of us that are stuck in survival mode, is there a lie that you've been believing for too long. Look what Proverbs 17 says. It says, a wicked person listens to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. Now, when we read this, it says a wicked person. How many guys want to be wicked? Not me. A wicked person listens to deceitful lips. Now, usually when you read this, our mind goes to like, oh, those liars Oh, those people so in discord. What if the worst liar in your life was you? What if the person that told the most destructive lies was yourself? So here's the question. What's the lie that you've been believing that has become your truth, that is keeping you perpetually stuck in survival mode? Because when you don't believe that God is gonna come through, you can't think big. And you can't think anything further than just what is happening today. And so, what it says is this, though. It says, a wicked person is the one who listens to the lies. So the solution isn't even first that I have to get rid of the lies. That does come. But I first got to stop listening. How many guys know every thought that comes to your head isn't a good thought? Every idea, every inclination, it's not always good. So I don't have to listen to the lie. So here's the question. What is the lie? I told you the lie I was believing, that God would not come through. And that is a very destructive lie because it encapsulates every part of your life. Not just church, not just family, everything. So what's the lie? And I'm saying my lie out loud because, man, when I say it out loud, there's no power left in it. It's powerful in my head, not out loud. And so what's the lie you've been believing? Come on. How many of us have been believing the lie that says this? If I don't do it, no one else will. How about this lie? No one sees me. I'm not valuable. 
survival mode makes us think small. In this season, this faith season, this giving season, how about, how about this lie? If I give, I won't have enough. I won't make it if I do this. So what's the lie? Because it is not until I come out of agreement with the lie that I'll begin to experience what faith can do. Think big, eventually. Step out in faith, eventually. Watch what God can do eventually, but first, you need to renounce and come out of agreement with the lies that you have been believing. Because ultimately, what I, would, what I would suggest is those lies probably didn't start with you. They came from somewhere. For some of us, they came from a very painful situation. It was a death. It was a disappointment. It was an unanswered prayer the way that we thought it was supposed to be answered. And so we came into this, this lie. And I think the Bible lets us know that the enemy is the father of lies that now become our truth. But look what it says, Romans 8. It says, who will bring any charges against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. So look at this. That voice of condemnation, it's not going to happen. It's not going to work out. I'm not enough. No one sees me. I'm not going to make it. Those voices don't come from God. It's not him. They came from somewhere else. He says, Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, was raised to life and is at the right hand of God, interceding for us. So many of us are held captive by the lies that we believe. And they hold us back from the beautiful things that I believe God wants to accomplish through us. Because listen to this. Small thinking and survival mode have nothing to do with salvation. There's going to be a whole bunch of people that are saved that thought small for their entire life. But what if God had something greater for your life than simply just salvation? Now, salvation is the greatest gift. But I believe in Christ, God actually has plans and purposes in our lives. There are things that he wants to accomplish. There are pieces of the kingdom that God wants us to see right here and right now. So what if God had more? Come on, for those of us just trying to make it, I just hope my marriage survives. I just hope I get to 2024. What if God had something more? Here's the issue. In survival mode, I always miss the miracles. Survival mode makes me miss the miracle. Uh, I've shared this before, but I think it's really powerful. Rick Warren, um, he wrote The, the Purpose Driven Life. Uh, it is, you know, uh, supposedly the best-selling nonfiction book of all time. Um, 32 million copies were sold of the book. He has this quote, and he said this. He said, hell for me. What would hell be? He says, hell for me would be God showing me all that he wanted to accomplish through me if I just had faith. Did you guys get that? He says, hell for me 
would be God showing me all that he wants to accomplish in my life if I just had faith to believe it. You see, what I've realized is that God will do a whole lot in spite of us. God will do a whole lot when we are faithless. But you wanna know what's crazy? If we can get out of survival mode, if we can detach from these lies, God wants to accomplish even more than we thought was possible. Can, can I tell you something? Because here's what we do. When we come into agreement with lies, we need to renounce the lies. We also need to repent. So I'm here to let you guys know that God built this church for about four and a half years while I was believing a whole bunch of destructive lies. So everything that God has accomplished in this church has never been because of me, but always in spite of me. I've actually many times been the lid on what God wants to do. Can I give you a very specific story right here, right now? Because I'm here to repent. So if you guys can envision where we are right now in this building, this bay is ours, and this bay is ours beside us. There's a bay right here that's bigger than us. And when we had the opportunity to come into this church, um, all three of these bays are empty. And so um, this bay and this bay, well, this bay is big, this bay is bigger. And this bay right here, our kids' side is the smallest. And when, when we were figuring out the place to do our church, um, ultimately we landed on this bay and this bay uh, because of where they fit in price-wise. And where they fit in price-wise, as, as much as it would cost us every single month, um, it was at the number that we could afford at the time. So this made the most sense logically. Now, God is still good regardless. God will work again in spite of us. Um, but sometimes, there's mornings where we're really full in here. And sometimes there's mornings where we're really full over there. And ultimately, having this bay beside us is not going to really do a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. But right now, it would have given us a whole lot more room. Come on, somebody. And I can tell you where we are today, we can 100% afford both this bay and that bay. But two years ago, we couldn't afford it. But I didn't have any faith that when we moved into a church, God would increase not just the capacity and the size of our church, but also the amount of people that would give. But he's done all of that. And so every single time you're in church and you hear a weight clank over there <laughs> in the middle of a sermon, understand this, God is graceful, God is merciful, but hear me, hear me, I'm being dead serious. Your lack of faith always has consequences. So every time these guys are a little bit noisy at 11 o'clock, God's saying, man, if you just had a little more faith, that could have been yours. But are you guys following? Survival mode makes us miss the miracle. But when we come into agreement with these destructive lies, we will never step into the places and the spaces that God has for us because of fear. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, whatever your lie is. And so what do we do? We just repent. We say, God, forgive me 
for the greatest vision of my life being Monday. Forgive me for thinking small. Forgive me for not believing that we serve the God that wants to do immeasurably, abundantly, and exceedingly more than we can ever think, dream, or imagine. But as God's kids, what I think is so cool um, is that when we're stumbling, when we're bumbling, he still loves us. He still works in despite of us. But man, God can do so much more when we're in step with him. <laughs> when, when we're going to places that he's going. So Paul says, he says, what? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So get this, when you have small faith, Jesus doesn't love you any less. Like, oh, if you just got that bay, I would love you so much more, Harrison. He loves you regardless. But because he loves you, he has good things for his kids. But he says, what, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? Verse 37, he says, no. He says, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Okay, this is so cool. A conqueror is someone who overcomes. Paul doesn't say in Jesus, we are the ones who overcome. He says we are more than conquerors. The calling on your life is not simply to overcome. It's to be something more. So here is the declaration. Because, man, we're in a season where we're just believing everything can change. So here is the declaration. I, I pray that you receive this for your life. But I'm letting you know as a church where we're going. We are moving from survival to significance. We're moving from survival to significance. Because for too many years we were held captive. And I'm a big reason to blame for, with small thinking. Just trying to survive. But the word that God has given our church for this season is everything can change. And I can tell you, lives are changing. People are being transformed by the presence and the power of Jesus. Next week, guess what? We got baptisms. Come on, somebody. And it's not too late for you to join. If you're saying, I want to move from survival to significance, because survival says, I don't want to mess up. Significance says, God has a great plan and a great purpose for my life. So I'm going to step into what he has for me. And next week, as we wrap up this series, before we give this offering, and this offering is, is a prophetic offering for some of us. For some of us, we're saying, I'm, I'm not thinking just survival anymore. I'm thinking significance. Now, next week, I want to share a whole bunch of what God's been doing in this place, in this house. But one of the things that, that happens, especially in a church, when you get stuck in survival mode is that you just, you think inward, right? Pay the bills, pay the salaries, keep the lights on, buy what you got to buy. Um, but what we want to do here as a declaration, we've already done this before, but we want to just, we want to move deeper into it is we want to be able to give to organizations, to people, to places outside of us. 
And we do this because as a church, God has given us more than we deserve, more than we thought. But ultimately, we do this because we're not here just to survive. We're here to thrive. And we are here to make a dent in St. Albert and to make a dent in his kingdom. And so what I want to just, I want to just share some numbers. Because this year, we are able to give more, and by the end of this year, we're going to give more away than we've ever given away before. Come on. Reason being, because we're moving from survival to significance. So I'm going to just share some numbers with you guys to let you guys know um, what you've accomplished. People that give to this place, what you've accomplished. So this year, um, Generosity Project, uh, we are going to, by the end of this year, have spent and given away $19,300. So that's our monthly outreach. That's Serve Day. Um, that's our Thanksgiving outreach. And then next week, uh, on December 16th, Saturday, you guys are going to be here, I hope. We're going to wrap presents and, and give them to, to people that are less fortunate. Um, all of these things happens under the umbrella of Generosity Project. Um, and we'll probably, man, we'll probably round it up and creep to $20,000 uh, given away through the Generosity Project this year. Um, some of you guys already know this. We, we support the Santa Food Bank every single month, right? And so this year, we've been able to give $3,600 to the Santa Food Bank. Um, and th this is in a time where people have more needs than ever. Even in St. Albert, the food bank constantly needs resources, so we give to them every single month. Um, this, the third one is this, Operation Mobilization. Um, this is kind of our international outreach. Um, we had NOAA uh, that was out there on board, and what Operation Mobilization is, um, they're a ship, uh, they're called the Logos Ship of Hope, and they literally go um, all around uh, Europe, um, Asia, Middle East, uh, and literally just give resources, right? Books, uh, gospel messages, all of these things to people all around the world. And so once again, uh, this year we were able to support Operation Mobilization. Uh, number four was Art Canada. And what Art Canada is, they are a church planting organization. So we here at Saint in Kingdom Church, we're a church plant. And so we've got a heart for more church plants. And so what Art Canada does is they supply resources for church planters all over Canada so that more churches can be planted. Because how many guys know this? If a life is changed in another church, it's a victory for our church. It's all, we win either way because the kingdom is growing. So we supported them. Here's a new one, Next Level Relational Network. Um, this is the group I'm a part of that I, that I shared with you guys. And their heart is simply this. It is to um, encourage and uplift pastors. And so it's so beautiful, and I've just seen the, the fruit of my life um, from this group. I think I'm a better pastor because of this group. And so we actually get to sow in um, to other pastors all over Canada, which is really cool to get them refreshed. So again, the kingdom can expand. And all of this stuff is dollars out of our church to other places. Who can we bless because God has been a blessing for us? Now, every single year, God gives us a word, right? That's our year-end series. This year is Everything Can Change. Um, last year, if you guys were here, uh, our series was called Overflow. And we just believe that God was taking us into a season of overflow. Um, and that word has proven to be prophetic uh, because this year, um, man, people have given more than we expected or thought. 
and so what we've done and we've decided is that if people have given more, we want to give away more. So all the stuff I just shared was like the budget. That's what we had budgeted to give away. Um, but now we're going to give away a little more on top of that. So a few more things to share, which is really cool. So number one, here's a big one. I want to share this. They don't, none of these guys know this yet, so we're letting you guys know first. So number one is this. Um, Saints Church Glory Hills. So if you guys know who Saints Church are, um, you know, they're in our ministry family. And if you do not know this, um, our church in the very early days, we would have died if it were not for Saints Church. They gave us musicians literally every single week in our church. Um, and they do it because they love us. And they've never expected anything in return. We've always been in relationship with them. Um, but we're like a little brother just, they just asked for things. And um, this year we did vacation Bible school. Come off, somebody. Uh, and we saw, I think, what, th almost 30 kids every single day, um, many of whom had no church background. Saints Church Glory Hills. Do you guys, do you guys some of you guys remember, remember like the, the whole safari in here? They gave us everything for free. And so I just felt like, man, I wanted to bless them above and beyond. So, um, they're, they're trying, they're hoping, their church um, in Parkland County, they need um, a whole new like heating system, HVAC, all this stuff, um, real expensive. And this probably is not gonna pay for it. Uh, but I do wanna bless them. And so, man, as a church, we're able to give them $5,000. Um, and I feel like, yeah, it's just, it's a token of appreciation, but also we're saying, hey, keep building God's kingdom right, where he's planted you in Parkland County, um, which is amazing. Uh, number two, uh, Resurgence. So Resurgence is a ministry, um, and they're, they're all about the body, building God's kingdom. Um, they do international stuff as well, um, but every single month they hold gatherings uh, all across the city, um, and people come together and they experience Jesus. Uh, they're entering year 15 of ministry, um, and they have a goal right now. I saw it on their website. Uh, they're trying to raise $100,000 before the end of the year. Um, and so we're going to sow into that uh, and bless them. And I'm just excited to help continue um, what God's doing. Uh, third one here, Connect Hampers. So we're doing our own hampers and stuff next week, which is going to be amazing. Um, but there's an organization that uh, is also doing hampers. And uh, we're giving them $2,500 uh, to just help them to continue uh, to bless families this Christmas. Uh, last one is this. I'm, I'm trying to run through it. Um, so uh, some of you guys know this, but uh, Brother Robert and, and Denise uh, go to Cuba and do ministry um, every couple of months. And so they're connected with a church down there. And uh, in particular, there was one church that needed um, or was hoping or praying or believing for a water filtration system uh, to help with clean water. Um, and man, it was, you know, it feels small, uh, but it makes a huge difference. We're able to buy them a water filter system that's going to bring clean water, uh, safe water, to the church um, and also to the village and to the community that they're in. Um, so all this to say, uh, we're giving away more than we've ever given before because we're moving from survival to significance. And the reason that we're taking this offering next week is because we're believing in 2024 Everything is going to change. And in 2024, we're going to make these numbers look small because we're going to keep giving more away and keep expanding and building God's kingdom. So I want to share something. 
Because as a church and in our lives, I really want to speak to someone that feels like they're stuck in survival mode. If there is a lie that you are believing, you need to pray, you need to ask God, what is, what's the lie? What am I holding on to that is keeping me perpetually stuck, that is making me feel like I'm not enough, like I'm not going to make it, and we need to renounce the lie and replace it with the truth. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So some of us have some lies that are running rampant that we need to make obedient to Christ. What does that mean is I need to replace the lie with the truth. And the truth is this, if God did not spare his son, man, what more will he give me? Jesus says it like this, he says, you wicked parents, you messed up parents, it's Christmas time. He's like, even you know how to give gifts. So how much more do you think the Father knows how to give gifts? I'm moving from survival to significance. You know, I think about our kids, and survival mode is so short-minded. God's calling on us as parents is never to just survive, but to thrive. And so I want to share a video in a second here because I was just thinking about, man, when our kids were, were little, just like, got to get to the end of the day, got to get to the end of the week. Um, and I just felt like there was this moment last week in family worship um, where God gave me a picture of what his hope is for his kids. And it's not just surviving. So can I just show a quick video real quick? Can we hit the lights and, and get this going? And you guys can cheer whatever you want if you like the video. That was our girls, that was Judah, my son, um, and that was Hannah as well, and Hannah's born same time as the girls were. Um, but man, I looked at that picture, and I was just like, that's God's, that's what God wants for our kids. Not, not just to move through life surviving, but to move through life dancing. And I just wonder, and again, it's just, it's a prophetic picture, I think, for us. For those of us that feel like I'm just trying to survive, what if God was calling you to something more in this season? Uh, and so next week, um, and we're wrapping up, so uh, whoever's rocking the keys can, can, can do that. Um, I think, it, I forget who it was. Uh, uh, there we go. Um. Bobby. I love you, Bobby. She doesn't like any attention. Now I brought all the attention to her. Um. So next week, as we take this offering, um, and this week, as we go home, and I would encourage you pray over with your families or with yourselves what God's calling you to give. Um, may the picture that comes to your mind not be one of survival, but one of significance. And what if next week we were able to sow something? You see, God doesn't need money. It's just a symbol. It's a symbol of release. It's a symbol of letting go. For some of us, it's a symbol of security. And so next week, I want us to let go of the thing, to let go of the things that we think are gonna sustain us through the next season. Because I wanna let you know there's only one thing, there's only one person, his name is Jesus. He is the one that will sustain. He is the one that will transform. And he is the one that's gonna change everything. And so I'm just believing next week, man, we are walking into another miracle and next year, God is gonna do more. More lives are gonna be changed. More people are gonna be transformed. We're gonna see more decisions for Jesus, not just here, 
But in all of these places, all of these things that we are able to sow into, man, God's gonna build his kingdom. So can we just stand for a second, church, as we close? So if you're in this place, let's just, every head bowed, every eye closed, let's just, let's wrap like this. If you're in this place and you feel like, man, I've been stuck in survival mode. I've been believing some lies. Let's just, let's just give it to God right now. So if you got, come on, every head bowed, every eye closed, just, if you could just open your hands up, just in a posture of, of, of ready to receive, but we're also letting go. So right now we just pray. We pray in the name of Jesus. If there's a lie, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not sufficient. I'm easily replaced. It all depends on me. You're not gonna come through. Whatever that lie is right now, we just, we let it go. It's yours. And we replace it with truth. So Father, I pray today that your truth would reign in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. I pray today that you do what only you can do in this place. I pray for a release of your Holy Spirit to convict, to correct, to comfort, and ultimately for us to be transformed into the image of you and to the person that we were created to be. God, I just pray over what's gonna happen in the next week. I just pray for miracles. I just pray for more lives to be changed, and I pray for the seed that is gonna be sowed next week, that you would take it and you would grow it into something that is so much further and greater than where we were thinking or believing. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. We love you, Jesus. We pray in your mighty and holy name. Amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to that message. If you made a decision to follow Jesus or you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We would love to connect with you. Until next time, take care.